Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. Hi, I'm Alan Bresnik. I'm Cable Video Practice Leader at Light Reading. Alan, how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine, Jeff. All right. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, thanks for uh, for joining me here because uh, I guess we are going to talk about the coming Cable Next Gen event. And right. uh, you, you've put the whole agenda together as always. But uh, before we dive into what to expect out there, uh, how many is this? You, you have to refresh my memory here. This is number 16. We started out in late February 2008 at the uh, at a Marriott hotel in downtown Denver at the time. And we've expanded since then. Wasn't it like dining, like Doxus 3.0 was on the, right. uh, on, <laughs> yeah. on, on kind of the roadmap. Um, yeah. So that was, um, you know, one more Doxus ago, right? Cause I think <laughs> lately it's you know, three one and, and preparing for, for 4.0. So yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, you got the agenda together, you know, people can read through, you know, all the different things that are going to be covered, but we thought we'd do a little bit of a preview here and uh, maybe just have you talk a little bit about kind of what the, uh, uh, the main thrust of the event is going to be. Uh, sure. Thanks. I was, as usual, we're going to talk about some of the next-gen technologies that cable operators are deploying or are considering or evaluating right now. Um, so it's going to be a lot of attention, once again, on the 10G paths and where operators stand on that. We're going to talk a lot about DOCSIS 4.0 and the two different paths to DOCSIS 4.0. You're moderating that panel about mm -hmm. both extra about extended-spectrum DOCSIS and full duplex DOCSIS. Uh, we'll have the panels on DAA. We'll have two panels on PON, one of which you're doing, uh, both on what operators are doing with PON now and what their, what plans are for next-gen PON as people look forward to 10G, 25G, 50G, 100G PON. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, a lot about the, how the uh, access network is evolving um, from being purely HFC and purely DOCSIS to a lot more fiber to a lot more PON, to more distributed access, to uh, network virtualization, network automation, artificial intelligence. So a lot focus on what's happening now, but also where networks will be five years from now, where networks will be 10 years from now. Yeah, I think what's kind of interesting about this year's event is uh, it feels like the amount of activity going around or you know, kind of occurring in the, uh, the network, whether it's... Uh, evolving or enhancing or upgrading the HFC mm -hmm. plant or doing fiber in greenfields or even maybe some overlays and so forth. But a lot of that activity really has been picking up, it, it seems, you know, now that we're, you know, the much deeper into the pandemic and, you know, everything kind of got sidelined or mothballed, you know, in right. the, uh, in 2020 to, to kind of keep it in, uh, make sure that there was enough capacity to, uh, handle the, uh, the surge on those existing networks, but it just feels like, okay, everything is, is now kind of teed up for this next generation. Right. Yeah. And what's, and what's interesting is that the, um, is that PON is no longer a dirty word in cable circles and uh, operators are freely talking about what they're planning to do with PON. And you would never hear that uh, even just a couple of years ago. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're almost kind of like uh, there, there's like some excitement about it, quite honestly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like listening to Elad Nashi with Comcast, who's going to be a keynoter. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. He's he's excited about you know the the ability to uh, you know drive fiber off of the uh, the node, you know, on a targeted uh, fashion, you know, to have that as an option, right? And it, it feels like optionality is the big the big thing now, you know, we have, the, the, they have this big toolbox. It's not, all right, we're all in lockstep here. We're going to do Doxus one, do one, one, two, <laughs> three, right. three, one. Yeah, it just feels like we're, we're at a uh, interesting phase where uh, there, there are a lot of options and, and it seems the rare case when somebody even within their own footprint is doing something entirely uniform, like, like what charger's plan is. True. Yeah, they're they're it's a dizzying array of new technologies that they're all trying to trying out now. And the other interesting thing is you've written about is that um, cable operators no longer necessarily want to be called cable operators, right? They want to be considered fiber providers because they put some most of the plant now is fiber, and so there's some interesting naming things that are going, branding things that are going on, and even a couple of uh, court cases about this about who's a, who's a fiber provider and who's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's all kind of part of that, uh, evolution. I think that, you know, they, they don't want all of the, uh, telcos to steal all the, uh, thunder, you know, when it comes to fiber and, and multi-gig and, and, uh, you know, those types of, um, services. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you definitely feel like the the industry is kind of ready to move on and try to right. get get beyond uh, kind of that uh, legacy naming legacy uh, footing and uh, uh, you know try to put forth the um, you know the notion that uh, yeah that the, there is lots of fiber in their networks uh, as well. Um, and then um, I, I guess the other piece in there, um, you're going to be talking, we're going to be talking a little bit about wireless as well and fixed wireless, right? Because that's right. like another thing that's competitive, but also complementary, I think, for some operators. Right. Yeah. We, for the first time, we'll have a panel on fixed wireless and what operators are doing on the fixed wireless side. And that should be really interesting on day two. Um, also, we have a panel that's on wired wireless network convergence uh, for the first time. So that should be interesting to see how operators and tech and cable labs are trying to fuse the two networks and make them work together. Yeah. And I think that's actually like one area where at least when you listen to some of the uh, financial analysts, they, they, they kind of feel that uh, the industry, you know, we'll call it cable still <laughs> for, <Right>. for now, <laughs> but uh, that, you know, that they actually have some advantages there in terms of being ahead of the curve to mm-hmm. converge different network types and, and services. You know, we're seeing some of that come together in some of the, the way that services are being uh, fixed and mobile services are being packaged and bundled. But mm-hmm. this is like at a different level. This is down to the uh, you know, more of an engineering level versus how it's being built and packaged, right? Right, right. It's, it gets it, the technology gets very complicated, but they're definitely on track to, for doing something like this. We we had a breakfast form about it at SCT back in September, and we'll be doing it again 
in Denver again in October about that. So yeah, there's a lot of progress being made there. Uh, the other one of the other new things that we'll be doing at this year's conference is focusing on the digital divide and what operators are trying to do there to uh, serve uh, the unserved and underserved areas of the country. Yeah, well, it's, it's like a big opportunity uh, for some of these operators, right? Because I think one of the trends heading into this event is like, hey, what's going on with broadband subscriber growth? Uh, you right. know, there is kind of a uh, uh, definitely a flattening, a slowing uh, <laughs> going on, you know, as the market is more saturated and, and more competitive too, right? Fixed wireless is taking a lot of uh, customers right now. But uh, to counter that, yeah, we are seeing a lot more interest in activity around network expansion, right? Either through mm-hmm. organic edge outs or taking advantage of all of this uh, government subsidy funding, right? And and you know, right. expanding your footprint is, you know, like the way the charter looks at it, it's like M&A in terms of the returns you can get out of it. And I think there's some financial analysts that think that the return on that, on that activity is actually better than, than M&A. But, you know, that, you know, that, but that takes time, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, and I think the, the penetration levels and everything you can get from these uh, uh, green fields are, you know, super high. So you can understand, uh, you know, about that activity. But no, I think it's a great one to, to focus in on right now because there's, uh, you know, a lot of interest and, uh, and some controversy too, <laughs> I think, because we were talking, you know, we were at the ACA Connect Summit uh, a little bit ago, and there's some concerns that, uh, you know, some of that money is going to be allocated into areas where there's already an existing cable operator. So that's that's a big concern. And, uh, you know, you just wonder how that allocation is going to go. You know, would you see even a Comcast or Charter encroach onto somebody else's turf in the old uh, cable club? (laughs) So the old cable family that's uh, uh, continuing to uh, separate to a degree. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how much how much competition actually arises from that, and whether the big guys that end up competing against each other again, which I kind of doubt will happen. Um, but it, uh, but the other interesting thing about the federal the bead program is that it's going to be done on a state by state basis, right? So it can can really vary um, from one state to another as to how the money gets allocated and who gets who gets the money and what they get to build with it. Right. Yeah, I think everyone's really. Interested is, uh, yeah, the things like the June deadline comes out when uh, I think that's when NTIA is going to tell everybody how much money is going to be allocated out the uh, the state level, I believe. So, yeah, it's a little bit different model than we've seen with uh, like RDOF, for for example. Right. Um, Yeah. So, no, it's a good thing to have on the agenda. And, you know, it does, it has changed a lot in terms of the size, the scope of topics for this event, right? Like mm-hmm. you said back in 2008, yeah, it was, it was all about DOCSIS and it was about DOCSIS for a lot of these, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we used to have yeah, some fiber panels, the, but yeah. The name of the conference was DOCSIS for the first few years. Oh, right, it yeah. Doc, yeah, it was just DOCSIS mm-hmm. 3.0 strategies. Right. That's, that's right. That's all it was, right? That's, that's yeah, all we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing I'm going to, I'm going to try to bring up on, like I have to do the Doxus. I'm going to do the Doxus 4.0 panel. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to ask them at the end is whether 
4.0 is going to be end of the line, you know, right. for, for Doxis. Um, I realize that SCTE and, and others are looking into extending, you know, Doxis into the three gigahertz neighborhood, you know, maybe right. that could become a, a Doxis 4 or 1 or a 5 or something like that. But I think that's way out there. We aren't even starting to put 4.0 out there. And like, what comes right. after that? Do you continue to to enhance it or, you know, the, the, or do you just go, well, the next step would be fiber of the prem. And uh, I realize this is more of a, uh, a crystal ball question, but, uh, you know, I'm going to ask everybody else, but what's your, your thought? Uh, is 4.0 going to be it? That's a good question. I, I know that a, a couple of years ago when Jeff Finkelstein originally floated the idea of a Doxus 5.0, mm-hmm. it, sounded, it sounded pretty plausible at the time, but now given the trend towards, uh, fiber builds and all the money pouring into fiber and the fact that cable can make great use of pawn. I suspect that Ford at may be it. I don't, I think that they go to fiber after this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I kind of, in, I'm, 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 I'm uh, uh, in agreement with you there. I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. surprised maybe if, uh, if, if there's something beyond yeah. 4.0, like in a formal way. Um, mm-hmm. But the good news is, or, you know, uh, that might be several years down the road, right? Because I think even with right. the enhancements of 3.1 and what's coming with 4.0, that gives cable quite a bit of runway. So, you know, there's a lot of time, you know, maybe eight years from now, if we're still doing this, uh, <laughs> you and me, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to uh, look back and go, hey, you remember when, uh, you know, we, we were uh, pontificating and speculating about what the future was going to hold? And, right. uh, you know, we'll see if we're right. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty, uh, uh, pretty valid uh, way to speculate about it. So, yeah, but I, I agree with you that Doxus is not dying anytime soon. It may, mm-hmm. it may outlive us all yeah. at the rate it's going. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, great. Well, that's where we'll leave it here, Alan. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for putting together uh, another great agenda for the event in Denver. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of coverage comes out of this and, and kind of where that uh leads us next. So appreciate it very much. Okay. Well, thank you for co-hosting the show next week, along with Jamie Linderman. Absolutely. We'll okay. be there with bells on. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Good, good luck next week. Thank you. All right. Bye.